Hello and welcome to to Let Me Bore You to Sleep. My name's Jason Newland. My website is jasonnewland.com. I just found out it's been offline for a little while. It's not been working properly. That's all fixed now. And please only listen when you can safely close your eyes. So yeah, that's it. There's a weird noise. I balanced a box on my table. And I think it might be about to fall off and possibly take everything else with it. The box is going to try to escape. I hope not, because I'll miss it. I don't know why I said that. So yeah, hey. I hope everyone's alright. hope everybody's doing... Groovy. Da-da-da-da-da-da, groovy. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da
Yeah, I, I think... See, at the moment, things are cool, you know. I know, you know, that if you don't watch the news, things are easier. Trust me. You know, I, I don't mean it doesn't change reality, but watching the news just... It's almost... It seems to create a different type of reality. And they're very short-termism, the news. Sort of, you know, like... Things change. However certain circumstances are now, it won't be like that forever. It will change. But then... I don't know. I don't talk about what's in the news or anything like that because... Unless I can find something that's like nice or gentle or pleasing to my bosom, you know, if it makes me feel good, pleasing to my bosom. Why? Why would I say that? Um, I've been looking. So I'm looking to the future. Looking to because last year, probably about. I don't know what time, July time, maybe August, maybe even September, I don't remember, but I suddenly had this urge to put, well, just to make some changes and uh, move up a, a, new, a new level, you know, make things better, make things, you know, get decent equipment make things sound and look better and just you know I don't know what the right word is but you know pump pump put more pump more energy into it more more positivity into what I'm doing and try to improve so I did that and it seemed to have a positive effect overall and now I'm kind of in a similar situation, now thinking, hmm, what can I do to really now go to maybe the next level? Because the next level for me would be like a million downloads a month. That's kind of what I'm looking for. That's what I'm looking for. And, you know, I'm... Uh, Three, six, nine. I'm a third of the way there, so it's not like I'm like a long way off. So I kind of it'd be nice to to consistently get a million a month, not a million pounds or a million dollars, a million downloads. It's, unfortunately, there's a big difference between those two correlations. And I've been thinking, well, how can I do that? So I've come up with a few ideas. So I'd like to thank Mary for your ideas. The, yeah, thank you. I'm not going to sort of go through them um, because I'm open to any new ideas and I'll consider things. But don't think I can go back to one-on-one -on -one things like counselling or anything. I think those days are gone. I think uh, I served me time. And 
there's, you know, as far as like earning a living, or not even that, I just, I'd I'd rather reach thousands of people at one time than one person, if that makes sense. You know, even even if there's not not really any money, I just I'd rather just reach. I'd rather so, yeah. So I could spend all week and earn. I don't. Let's say I earn five hundred pound in a week from one to one one on one sessions. That's the really well. Probably wouldn't be that much, but maybe yeah, five six hundred pound. But that would be like full on probably too many people but you know one on one now I'd prefer to spend all week and earn nothing and reach you know a hundred or a thousand times that amount of people in a week because it's just it's more people being helped or being well I don't know it's it's, uh, being useful being useful to people so I'm kind of I did think about doing that doing live stream therapy kind of thing you know live counselling Skype counselling or I forget the name of that thing that's people used now um, you know the other one, but part of the thing is I don't like really the whole um, talking to people on camera. Now I, I realise that I make videos and I've started making videos again. I made them for a long time, and I kind of come back to that as well. But it's a little bit different to doing live I can even do the occasional live stream on Facebook or YouTube or whatever but one on one just yeah just it doesn't really don't it just feels weird to me is there's this is the big I mean, in some ways, I think seeing the person is a distraction. Like, if I talk to someone on the phone, I can kind of get a sense of where they're coming from. I can get a sense of perhaps their attitude, their demeanor, their mood, you know, whatever, by talking to someone on the phone. Probably more so than by talking to them in person. Because there's that distraction of the... I was going to say the smell. No. (laughs) There's that distraction of the person. And then there's the incongruence that humans sometimes have. You know, they'll say one thing, but they give off the the opposite, like in body language. Like someone that says, I'm really angry, but they're smiling. Or saying that doesn't bother me, but they look like their head's about to pop. You know, it's like pus from an ingrown toenail. 
No, but you know, it's kind of. I found. Which was probably um, useful to me working in a call centre. I found talking on the phone much, 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 by far the easiest way to communicate for me with another person on the phone. Don't have to be near them, don't have to talk, like see them. And also with someone that I don't know, that isn't important to my life, which is you know, customers... Uh, in a you know in a sales environment, the customers are obviously the most important thing for the duration of the phone call. And then I ignore that. Well, I don't have to think about them anymore. I like those kinds of relationships. It sounds terrible, doesn't it? My squeaky chair. I have to get a different chair. I've got some headphones. Now, about three days ago. Got out of my chair and I managed to pull nearly everything off of the desk. Luckily, the recording studio was on the edge of the you know, it only, only got as far as the edge of the desk, so that luckily that didn't fall because that's expensive to replace. But what did fall was my headphones and I ended up treading on them. Now, I use the headphones not some, not a huge amount. Although I will be, I will be in the future. But, you know, I used to use them for editing, but just to check that the audio is okay and there's not too much, uh, like, any static or background fuzz or it's not picking up stuff that it shouldn't pick up. So it's almost like a tester at the beginning just to make sure that the microphone's working and blah blah so I need to get myself some new headphones and I put it off thinking well I can I can use those others but unfortunately the plastic broke they were cheap ones anyway and it's just <laughs> it's just really difficult to have to hold both of the ears up at the same time not my ears I know they're not ears but the headphone ears and they're not actually ears not real ears I realise that the thing is so eventually I thought well I better just get myself some headphones because I need them you know they're very, especially for editing and stuff that's probably the, it's not more important than having things with the best with making a, a recording um, the better the recording is at the very beginning the easier it is to edit so if the recording's awful at the beginning it can be edited and it can be corrected and it can be improved to a, to a level to a limit now my limit is much shorter than you know, a professional person that has the technology. I mean, I watched a video the other day and there was this... Uh, I don't know if it was just a person speaking, but it was from about 19th, 
30s. And it was really old. And it was, you could hardly hear the voice, but you could hear a lot of... And it was from a, an old tape cassette or um, whatever they used in the 1930s. Probably one of those real disc, real things. Well, he converted it into a you know, computer file. And he just showed using this software, as I forget what it was, a limited, basically, he eliminated rather not illuminated eliminated most of the background sound and you could hear the voice and he increased the sound of the voice that you could hardly hear and you wouldn't listen to it thinking oh if that was a podcast you'd probably think what the hell that's awful sounding but then when you realise it's 90 years old, it sounds phenomenal for that time, that age. So using that technique, <laughs> I don't know, I'm laughing, I'm not, I'm just, I'm in a bit giggly mood today. Using that type of technology would... I don't know what it would do to this podcast. I'm going to put the headphones on just to let you know what it sounds like. See, I can hear myself now. Generally, generally, I don't wear headphones whilst making the recordings. Although, maybe, maybe I should. But these ones are comfortable. They are good headphones. They're, um, I don't know what the name is. What, Hein White Simer or something? There is some weird noises around. Now, I know it's raining outside, so there's, you've got, I got the rain. Okay, got the rain outside. There's also the overflow, which is coming out of the wall downstairs near the fire escape. So once the... So it starts during the rain, flooding, like a little... I say flooding, but just causing a big puddle in that area and then once the rain stops the overflow basically it's it's almost like the whole of the guttering starts to empty itself gradually through the overflow pipe so What a weird noise. Well, had a little bit, <laughs> had a little bit of a um, disruption, a little bit of a interruption, bit of interference from 
a human just then. So I had to stop the recording for a little while. Long enough, in fact, for me to not remember what the heck it was that I was talking about. So, please, please, please bear with me and allow me to wobble onwards in possibly a completely different direction to where I once was long ago, back when I was originally recording this podcast episode. So, yeah, I've actually put the headphones on because I needed to check the sound and everything to make sure it was okay. Headphones are so cosy on my ears. Honestly, I like this sound. I like it just, it feels nice. Maybe I, I might just leave them on. The problem I have, and it happened just now, well, half an hour ago, that's how long it's been, or something like that, or 10 days, and I nearly tripped over the wires of the headphones again. Now, the wires probably, the cable rather, between, well, the cable and the headphone, between the headphone and the the knob that goes into the hole of the uh, recording studio is probably at least twice, maybe 40 times, 40 times, twice as long as it needs to be for my particular situation. So there's a little bit of excess flab as you were and I've tried to tie it up a little bit to keep it in one place but when it goes on the floor I turn around and I basically trip over and I don't want to break these headphones because these are the best ones I've ever had for this for you know the recording and stuff plus I've only just got them I just opened the pack I've opened the box you know uh, probably half an hour before I started this recording. So, they're quite cosy. They're quite like, oh, I wonder what it's, I wanna, I'm gonna have to have a little listen to see what it's like with, uh, music. But then, in reality, I don't need them for music because I've got my other headphones and they're wireless. And, you know, they connect to the streaming like Spotify and stuff, so, you know, I don't have any equipment that I could plug these headphones into, I don't have a stereo system or, yeah, nothing, the only things these plug into is this, Uh, if I got an adapter, I could probably put it into the laptop. And it sounds like I'm about to have someone knock on my door again and disrupt my recording again. Any second. I can hear it approaching. I can hear it. No? Or maybe not. 
That'd be nice. To not get disturbed while I'm making a recording. But, not sure. So, I'm... What is it today? So, this week's going to be a bit weird because I'm actually in court. <laughs> not for me, but for my friend. I was a witness to something. Or the witness to the end of something. The last bit of it. Uh, a few months back. So I'm in court as a witness. So I'm going to be questioned. Hopefully not interrogated. There's no reason for interrogation, I don't believe. But questioned. So that'll be awful, no doubt. I'm not really looking forward to it, but it has to be done. Apparently, if I don't turn up, they will come and click me. <laughs> so the police so I guess I have to turn up I didn't think that would be the case I thought a witness is optional surely it's an option I don't have to do anything unless I'm told I have to do something you know I've never been on the jury never done jury duty I never will. But I've never been asked, never been sort of sent a, well, don't ask you, I don't think they'd tell you. Never been sent a letter, you're on jury duty. I'm guessing I'm off their list. <laughs> I'm guessing. But if they did, if they did send me a letter, I would uh, contact them and say, nope, not happening. Get someone else. So I would refuse to go. Not, I'm not judging someone else. I'm, I'm not qualified to judge another person, whether or not they, you know, go to prison or whatever. I can't. I'm not qualified for that. The idea of just picking some random people from the street, which is basically what they do, you know, just send letters to random people, and those twelve people or however many, however many there is, is going to determine potentially the next 20 years of someone's life I like, know nah, I don't want that responsibility I mean should surely there should be some kind of a test of the quality of the character of the person who's on the jury make sure that the person's honest that they have some kind of moral compass that they're that they're not uh, severely prejudiced and stuff like that because that's going to potentially have a big effect on the outcome. So yeah, I'd never do jury duty. I mean, I would never do it. You might say, well, you have to do it. No, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything. I would just say no. And I've got, I've got, I've got reasons I'll just say to her, look, if you if the if if nothing else works, you know, if if the if I, I give him lots of different reasons, the real reasons, in the end I'd say, well, I will find them guilty regardless. <laughs> That's what I'll say. I will find them guilty, and I will convince the other jurors because I'm good at convincing people. 
and I will find them guilty and that's not fair on the person. Now, in that situation, they ought to not have me on the, on there. That's how I, Mind you, I remember years ago, I wouldn't, by the way, I wouldn't find anyone guilty because I'd never be in that situation because I'm not a judge. I'm not no one's jury, never will be. Not my bag, thank you very much. I did have this job interview at this... What was it called? It's like a health agency and they provided healthcare workers to various places around the town. Some like going from house to house, you know, personal care. Uh, others, I think it was more like commercial like hospitals and, you know, things like that. Well, I applied for a job and I was going to be working in a psychiatric unit just at the weekends, Saturday, Sunday. And this was in 2008 or 2009, 2008 probably, when I was at university. Perfect job, really. But it was 13 hours a day, Saturday and Sunday. Now, mm, you know what I mean? Mm, it's not, not really ideal, is it? It's in like every single weekend. Because 13 hours a day, that's that leaves no time for anything else. There was no partying going to be happening. So, you know, when I, and I did, I did the job anyway. I did it for a little while. So I, I went in there and I, you know, filled the forms in and they, they interviewed me. And they said, to, this is, this is a hundred percent true. Okay. I just point out, I didn't know what I was applying for. All I knew I was applying for some kind of healthcare job. I didn't know and they said well uh, we sometimes have violent people you know we look after violent people sometimes sometimes they can be a bit um, aggressive and stuff Uh, so I'm like okay so I I just like nod and there's two ladies that were interviewing me and they said uh, one of them said what would you do if you was if someone attacked you someone came to attack you know and I'd say I'd punch them that's what I said I'd punch them that was my exact words I'd punch them now I'll be honest I in that situation of course I wouldn't you know because I, d- I didn't know what the situation was until I started working there of course I wouldn't punch someone that was ill or whatever but you know I'm just I was just think answering in any normal situation. If someone just attacked me, my natural reaction would probably just to be punch, just to punch them. Now, I'll admit I didn't care if I got that job or not, and I kind of didn't even want it after I got there. And I thought, yeah, that's that's the end of this. They only gave me the job. I mean, I guess that's not really a shock because I told you I worked there, didn't I? But they like they gave me the job after I said that to them. Now, I would never, I would never hurt anyone, so it's not, but it just, 
it was a general question and I was like, well, the same as anyone. If you hurl yourself at someone, they're going to punch you. It's just normal. It's a normal reaction. And then when I did get there, it was it was all women. I was in a, a female-only psychiatric unit and it was all these, they were like, almost like porter cabins connected together. And there was a lot of different, lots of people there, a lot of people, and they were they were in there. They they could, they were. It was a prison basically, but they could leave sometimes if they earned that. You know, eventually they might be able to have a day out. They could just go out for the day as long as they came back. In I guess preparation for living in a community. It was a very strange environment. Very strange. Very strange. Because I'd visited a relative in a psychiatric unit before, but not like that. And this was like NHS run, not private. Very different very different well it seemed different to me you know um, it was you know this was bigger and you know I don't know it just seemed different but there was that point where you realised that it is a prison they can't come and go it seems quite free when they're in there but they can't leave so there's certain freedoms and you know walk around and go do what you want kind of and that's that was weird, just a weird, strange. Because I've never been in, I've never been as a, I've never been a customer, never been a patient in a place like that. I uh, hope I never am. But it was very, yeah, working in a place. This they were cutting corners, seriously cutting corners this uh, organisation that ran this place because I'd go there on a Saturday and a Sunday no chef no cook we had to get the food for the staff and that just I think if someone's in a healthcare situation which that is they should be looked after and they should have a proper cook cook their food not just some randoms that are on an agency that have no loyalty no it's just a part time job for them to have them cooking the food for the you know just it was weird it was a very strange kind of situation and they just get given rubbish no proper decent meals it was just you know at the weekend, it was just whatever, whoever could be bothered to just put some stuff together. Which just didn't seem fair. Yeah, it was weird. It was, uh, yeah, it was very strange. Very, just, just a strange, not the people, just the environment, the whole situation was very weird. I mean, I did some healthcare work 
a few years later when the counselling dried up and I worked as a healthcare worker and I is a different agency and I was going out to people's houses on one occasion I went to someone's house not one occasion I went I think I was there a few times and all he did this bloke was just sit there and smoke literally he just sat there and smoked one cigarette after another I didn't do anything else didn't want to go out didn't even want to open the windows And it was, yeah, probably the most boring job I ever had. Because there was nothing for me. In fact, I was so bored I cleaned his toilet. That's how bored I was. And it wasn't my job to clean his toilet. I think he had someone else to come in to do that. But I just had to, Just I was cleaning the kitchen. And it's either that or just sit and do what? I couldn't get him into a conversation. He didn't... There there was sort of learning thing. I think there was issues that meant he couldn't really... Or didn't want to communicate. Or couldn't communicate. How is just... It wasn't for me. It wasn't for me. I guess I didn't have the... The temperament to just... To be able to sit and be... Just do nothing. It's just... Even now, I mean, I used to work in this shop. It was a, a gift shop run by Buddhists, a Buddhist organization called Evolution. Uh, that's not the organization, that was the shop name. There was loads of them all around the country. And God, what was the name of the company that run it? Um, Windhorse. Yeah, Windhorse. All gone just completely dissolved a few years back I don't mean dissolved it just dissolved like where's it gone it's dissolved it's all mushy yeah I think it more a lot of it was just to do with the the rents and the what is it the tax that shops get business rates or whatever that just went up so it was just because it was a charity Windhorse was a charity I think pretty sure and so they were charity shops but they weren't in a way they, you know they were money it raised money for their own their own charity their own and it was sort of more to help other Buddhists and whatever but it was quiet most of the time hugely busy as the build up to Christmas really busy in the January sales really busy Mother's Day you know the build up to Mother's Day and then fairly busy Saturdays like all year round And then the rest of the days, it kind of seemed to get busier as the week went on. So by Thursday, it started to get a bit busier, Friday. But Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Sunday, in fact, like, just not a lot happening. It was open seven days a week. 
And when it was busy, it was way too much. It was too full on. It was absolutely just like just well you can't do more than you can do can you but it was not pleasurable and I know you argue oh it's a job it's not supposed to be pleasurable well yeah. I mean if if people are suited to what they do then why can't it be pleasurable you know, if someone's a swimming instructor and they love swimming and they love teaching people how to swim and they love being around children or and they love to be um, in a swimming pool environment, then that's a pleasurable job, isn't it? Or if someone works in a nightclub, uh, they might love the environment of the nightclub. So, yeah, they might work behind a bar, but actually they might enjoy it because they like talking to the customers. Perhaps they they enjoy it. They like being a manager of the bar. They enjoy the environment. You know, this. not every, you know, I don't think every job has to be horrible or unpleasant. I think it's expected that some parts of every job are going to be less pleasurable, you know, than others. Not every, you know, not every part of the job is, and it's not, it's not normal, is it, for every part of a job to be fun or to be, what's that? <laughs> it's really weird, the idea of connecting fun and pleasure to the word job, but I don't know, I think if people got matched to what they would enjoy doing, but at the same time, I don't know, earn the same amount as what they're earning now, let's say. So let's say if someone's got a very well-paid job, perhaps they work in the city, perhaps they uh, sell Mercedes cars. I'm trying to think of something that's well-paid. Maybe whatever it could be, stockbroker. Now that person is... They may well be very reliant on that money because they've got a huge mortgage or whatever. And they've been silly enough to have children, so they're kind of, they've got that burden, financial burden that's going to keep, well, it never, leave, it never goes, does it, really, I guess. That's a, a lifelong financial burden. But pleasurable, of course, because kids are great. So, I'm not being sarcastic. <laughs> You know, it's, it's just natural, isn't it? If you if you earn more, you kind of get into that lifestyle. I suppose I've never really ever earned much, so I wouldn't know. It's all guesswork. But if that person's earning maybe hundred thousand a year doing their job that they're doing for the money, could teach mountain climbing, for example or teach skiing, or teach tennis. It doesn't have to be a teaching job. I'm just thinking of something that someone might absolutely adore and love doing, and they love tennis, and they love everything about tennis, and the chances and to, uh, to be a... to teach prof, you know people how to play tennis, to be a tennis coach, would be a dream, a lifelong dream. The only thing... 
perhaps better than that would be a, to be a professional tennis player, perhaps. But to be able to do something and be in that environment that you love. Now, they might get a job teaching tennis at school, in a school or something. But they won't be getting paid a hundred grand a year to do it. Unless it's in like a really expensive Eton or... You'd think they'd all come out really big, wouldn't you? Eating, eating, eating. Uh, oh no. Um, so private, if it's a really expensive private school, maybe they do get paid the big, the big money. I don't know. I don't know. But it's... I remember years ago, when I, well, it's everything's years ago, really, isn't it? But I was at school, and the ed, uh, employment... It's an employment team came in to my year. And this was probably, I don't know, a few months before we left. To try and match us up. To do a survey, do a questionnaire. And to interview us individually. We all got interviewed and they said what your ideal work would be. I think mine was working in a factory. (laughs) <laughs> so or being unemployed uh, but that you know the, the idea was that to sort of interview and you get an idea of who you were as a person what you're interested in and then sort of what kind of qualifications you're going for now mine were limited I guess the answers that they were giving me were limited because I wasn't going for any qualifications Really, not any proper qualifications. It was the O level was the proper qualification. CSE was like the the low end of the stick. It wasn't. It was in no way um, you wouldn't tell anyone with any kind of pride that you had a CSE because in them days O level was the proper a proper one. If you're boxing fans, it's a little bit like winning the world IBO world title. Meaningless, kind of, you know. Not to the person that's won it, but it's not one of the big world titles. There's way too many world titles now. There's, you know, it's even... I know he's going to talk about boxing. He's going to talk, please don't talk about boxing. Please, please don't talk about boxing. There's even boxers now that haven't got a world title and they're more famous than boxers some of the boxers that do because of social media because of their skill for one Ryan Garcia he hasn't fought for a world title I think he's he's on the short list to he's a contender but he hasn't fought for one and he doesn't have to because if he fights Whenever he fights, he gets, he's got a fan base of millions, I think. And he's really popular. He's unbeaten and he's a young man. He's very popular. And there's another, another boxer called Ennis Boots. His Boots is his catch name or, you know, like nickname. But he's Ennis is his surname. I forget what his first name is. He's almost 
I think he's welterweight, lightweight or welterweight. He's almost in some ways bigger than the world champions in stature. Like his class is one of the most skilled, pound for pound skilled boxers in the world. And he's not even fought for a world title. So, you know, it's, some people are just bigger than, than, not bigger than boxing, but they're, I saw, I saw another one, I guess, really, one that I didn't really think about that's probably the most obvious would be the Jake brothers. Oh, no, the Paul brothers. Not Jake brothers. Paul, Jake, Jake, Paul, and the other Jake, the other Paul. Both done boxing, both, and they've both, Jake, more so than whatever his brother, has got a higher profile in the boxing world than probably 90% of the other boxers. Not high profile as being a good boxer, but being famous, but being a name that people recognise in the boxing world as well as outside the boxing world. And he probably he's probably earned already more money than most boxers will ever earn in their lifetime and that's in the ring I mean the money's earned in the ring so it's you know there's world champions that get paid less than he gets paid for a fight way less the only world champions that get really um, comparable money would be like the heavyweight world champions because for some reason they all seem to get more money. Apart from when it came to people like Mayweather and Pacquiao. And now the Jake brothers. They're the only... I mean, I think Mayweather's still fighting. He's fighting this weekend coming, I think. He's fighting some bloke called Deji. I don't know who Deji is. Is he a YouTuber? He's not KSI's brother, is he? I can imagine there's people listening to this thinking, Deji? KSI? Jake Paul? Mayweather? What the hell is he talking about? Are these names of skateboards? I mean, what was he, was he doing? Why is he talking about that? Why does he keep talking about boxing? He knows we don't like to hear about boxing. No one's interested in boxing. What, why Why does he keep doing it? I don't understand. Maybe he thinks that by talking about a subject that we're not interested in, that is, in fact, being boring. And it will send us to sleep. But we should talk about something a bit more interesting. Why does he have to keep talking about boxing? It was bad enough earlier on. He was talking about psychiatric units. I mean, that's not light-hearted entertainment. How's that gentle, relaxing, soothing? It's not going to send me to sleep. I don't understand. What, going into a flat of some man that was chain-smoking and cleaning his toilet? How's that supposed to calm my mind? Hearing stories like that. When it wasn't long ago, he was talking about having hemorrhoids. How's that supposed to calm my mind? 
this is not still talking about his dead ferret. God, that went on for months and months and months. I'll listen to calm down and be relaxed. Not to hear about all these problems. Wow. I feel like I'm his therapist. (laughs) Oh, dear. You know that actually are people that think that way. And they might be right. I do. I try and keep it light. I do. But at the same time, this is kind of biographical. Or is it autobiographical? I don't know. What's the difference autobiographical and biographical? I know what the difference is, but I don't know which is which. I know one is the person talking about it themselves and it, you know and then the other one is someone else talking about the person I mean I think autobiographical that's what I'm doing isn't it yeah it is a biography is someone else has written it I think I think so so I've made a few changes actually and the some of these apps I've got rid of that I was using because it just didn't work out so the I forget what it was the one that had the video clips and stuff like that and music that I was that I signed up for I got a copyright claim for a video that I posted like within an hour or two I do not have the time to start disputing copyright claims for something that I've actually paid to use. I paid to use the music and I paid to use the video clips from that website. Yeah, I was still getting copyright claims. So, nope. Well, that was a bit poppy, wasn't it? So I got rid of I got rid of that one. I left the video up, but it doesn't matter really. But I can do the videos myself. I don't need. I don't need to use that particular website, and I can just do videos of myself. I don't have to do any of the other things I was going to do. The other thing is chartable. I got rid of that as well. I mean, it, okay, it gave me statistics from more than different places told me, but I can get my statistics. Oh no, he's talking about statistics again. Why does he keep talking about statistics? He knows that nobody likes hearing about it. Enough people have complained. Why does he continue to talk about statistics? I mean, it's a very boring subject, but not in a good way. It's not soothing. It's not relaxing. It's just frustrating. I wish it'd stop really do I'm going to go and make myself a cup of tea now I think I've never been so angry well I, you know I kind of there were some other things that Chartable does but I just got rid of it because I don't need it some of the things it did was it was good but it was unnecessary for what I'm doing now I might go back to it in the future revisit and the other one was uh Re re something uh, IO. 
And it turned out, and I might mention this earlier, that the video that I was taking from YouTube, I thought I was posting it onto Facebook so people could watch the video. That was the idea of it, yeah? So they could watch the video on YouTube. On Facebook, rather. So the video player was on there. I didn't realise that they were basically copying the video and then posting the video onto Facebook. Which is something I could have done myself. You know, I don't need someone else to do that. I can upload a video to Facebook anytime I want. I don't don't need someone else to do that for me. But the difference is, well, it's not really a difference, is they've got their little mark on it to say where it's from or their address. But also, it doesn't go back to YouTube. There's no link back to YouTube, which is the whole point of sharing a YouTube video. Well, it's not the whole point, but it's part of the point is to hopefully encourage, entice, invite people to visit the YouTube channel and maybe watch YouTube videos on my YouTube channel. Perhaps subscribe. But it's it didn't do any of that. So I got rid of that as well. So that is one, two, three, four. So I got rid of four things. What's the fourth one? Oh yeah, the transcription. I'm not going to bother with transcribing things at the moment. So I got rid of transcription as well. So that's four apps I got rid of. I've also got rid of all the adverts as well. Um, because they were kind of connected to those posts that I'd made with those things. So yeah, it's I was testing them out. But the problem is, is I mean some some apps, websites do give you like seven days free. You know, use it for seven days, you know, trial. But a lot of places, they'll let you do a couple of bits for free. You know, so if it's something like creating music, they'll let you do maybe three or five or ten recordings. But they'll limit it to five minutes or something like that. So it's completely pointless. It's of no use to me to do that. Does that make sense? Yeah, so, you know, I sign up and then realise that it ain't quite what I needed. So, yeah. So, so that's a bit boring, but I got rid of those. And I got rid of the, the ads. What I've discovered, though, with the adverts, it didn't make any difference to the podcasts at all. Advertising a podcast on Facebook made no difference. And I think part of that reason is that the people on Facebook that are going to watch, that are going to listen to my podcasts, are perhaps already listening. That might be a reason. I've got a few extra likes on my main, my other page, the one, my Facebook page. So, I, you know, seven or something. But what I did notice is the my YouTube video grew just one particular video it really did grow so that was a mixture of Facebook adverts and a yeah Facebook advert 
and YouTube promotion. Well, Facebook promotion and YouTube promotion. So to to do the two together and the video grew by quite a lot. Uh, I think it's got like over 300 views in what, three days, four days? Compared to 30 or 40 maybe to other for others. So it grew because of that and I got more, I got a few more subscribers on YouTube and I mean this should organically, well it will organically grow. I don't know what rate it will organically grow without any advertising or promotion. Just by uploading the videos to YouTube, perhaps sharing them on Twitter and sharing them on Facebook maybe post, you know, embedding them in the website, perhaps. But outside of that, there's nothing more probably need to do for to allow slow growth. But the way to grow it quick, I was, I was kind of surprised. Surprised that it didn't really seem to work with the podcasts. But with video, it did. Now I might I'm gonna revisit that, have a little look, and find a different way of doing it. Because all it is is just I need to I wanna find an a website that shares the video. But in a way that people and then I'll promote the Facebook post and then promote the video on YouTube and do it like that. But with the podcasts, it doesn't seem to be, there's gotta be ways. I mean, there are ways of promoting podcasts. For example, if you go on to uh, Spotify, Stitcher, places like that, they've got their own advertising things. So you can spend you can spend thousands of dollars on advertising, promoting your podcast, but you're not going to get that money back. You know, it's it's not, it's, I suppose eventually, eventually it does pay for itself, but definitely not short term. Not even, I mean, yeah, if you get like 500 new listeners and you've spent £2,000, now that 500 new listeners is, I mean, blimey, that's worth maybe £2 a day, if that. 500, yeah, so 220, 50, yeah, you'd, probably a couple of pounds a day that five, 500 listeners would be worth if, they, if everyone listened to a recording every day. So how long would that take to get that £1,000 back, £2,000 back? £2 a day, so 300, there's over 200 days in a year. 
It's 365, yeah, which is over 200. I'd love that. I hope that you enjoy, I hope that you, you do this yourself, just to annoy people. <laughs> Some people are like, oh, they get really quass, very quass. Um, yeah, um, 365, 720, 740, I don't know. So it's, it's not even a thousand pound a year. So what two and a half years is going to cut, is going to take to get that money back. And I know, I suppose if you're looking for the long term and, you know, you had the money and you had £20,000 to pay for an advert and so you end up with 10 times the amount of things as 5,000 <laughs> 5, downloads. So I'm laughing because it's still such a tiny amount of money. It would... It's too... Yeah, it's. I suppose it would be the same amount of time, wouldn't it? Technically, it should take the same amount of time, two and a half years. But I don't think so. Funny enough, so two thousand five hundred times by ten, five thousand, which is still a, just a tiny amount. So thirty. 365, 3,600, 5, 10, 15. Yeah, I've added this up wrong. So, I'm, I imagine it's about four years to get that money back. Four years, five years, maybe six years. Yeah, so it's, it's quite a long time. Depending. I suppose but then there's some places that allow you to do an advert for I don't know like £400 and you might get a few thousand subscribers you know so it's, it's just all it's all like I guess it all works its way out around you know, if you've got the, the the budget to advertise with all of the different podcast hosts that allow it, I suppose maybe if you just bombard them all, you can end up with... It could be successful, I don't know. I've never done it. And it's not really in my uh, plans... I've just had to do it organically over 17 years. Please, Jason, tell us. Can you tell us again how long you've been doing this? Because you don't tell us enough. Stop being sarcastic. Come on. Come on. Behave yourself. 17 years. I don't know. Hmm. It's organic, and I suppose because 
you know, I went back to YouTube and people remember me from the past, even though I've not been active on YouTube really for, blimey, pretty much a decade really. Well, at least five years, five or six years, I'd hardly had any, okay, it's not a decade, but probably a good six years, five, five years or six years where I hardly, I hardly even touched YouTube as a, as a video producer. I'd use it to watch videos, but I hardly ever went onto the channel. So it's only been recently, the last year or so, that I've been kind of looking back into it. And it's only been the last, well, the 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 local or the most recent videos have been since August, I think, or July. And there's still not many on there. I think about 17 videos. Or was it 14? Or is it nine? I don't know. Why are you asking me? How should I know? It's only my YouTube channel. How should I know how many videos are on there? I didn't know. So yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But my focus has to be the podcasts. Besides, this is this is fun, isn't it? Come on, everyone. Come on, isn't it? we're having fun, aren't we? Hey, hey, somewhere along the line, we're having fun. Don't you think? Oh, come on. Don't be like that. Come on. Of course it's fun. So I'm going to go. I will upload this and I will record another one and another one and another one and another one. And I will do this forever and ever and ever and ever. So thank you very much for listening. And remember to be kind to yourself because you deserve to be happy. Lots of love. Bye.